You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, welcome to the Monday show. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi, great customer service. Go with our friends at Farm Bureau, favorites.com. Charlie Winfield here on a Monday. Hey, Charlie, kind of felt weird yesterday getting back in the booth. It had been a while since we've been in there, and uh, the uh, the game didn't end up the way that uh, we wanted it to, but for all intents and purposes, it was a very good day yesterday, kind of warm, had good weather. It was uh, Everything was great except the game. So that's your effort, right? You're, you're trying to be positive coming out of the box here, and what you're going to go with is my day was good, therefore the baseball game doesn't matter. I was comfortable. I felt good. Never mind the fact that we just got swept by an SEC opponent on the weekend that if ever there were a do or die, that was it. Yeah, win or else, we did the or else. You know, it's kind of funny, too. Rob Jenkins, who works in the Bulldog Club with us, Rob came in my office this morning, and he says, hey, I just want to give you a hard time because in the ninth inning yesterday, when they got those hits, we're driving in runs, he said, I could feel the pain in your voice. He says, well, there's another hit. And I was like, well, I wasn't trying to be that way. But it, there were a couple times yesterday, I guess I did get a little dejected in that ninth inning yesterday. I try not to. I try to, to, I try to be straight and narrow right down the middle, but it was hard to do this weekend. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I actually, on one of the base hits to right, I thought that's probably the most I've heard it come out of you. Um, you had used the word we earlier in the broadcast, which is something you normally never do. And then that ball was hit to right field, and it was, and there's another hit to right. I tried not to do that. And, yeah, hey, but you, you got to admit, though, I caught myself pretty quick when I said we. I was like, well, well Mississippi State. No, you, you changed it pretty quick. I'll give you that. Um, but, look, look, if, if you love this baseball program, Hard to cover it up yesterday, but it kind of goes back to the things that we've talked about that have hurt this team, and that is an inability to throw strikes. I mean, and you hate to to make it that basic, but it feels like it's really just that basic. I I know. Look, you'll get guys hit now and then, but it doesn't feel like we get hit out of as many games as we walk ourselves out of, and for whatever reason, we just this year just cannot seem to throw strikes when we need to. Yeah, going into yesterday, we had walked Florida 18 times. Now, we only had you know four walks in the game yesterday. We only walked them four times. But, Charlie, correct me if I'm wrong, and we talk about this all the time. There are a lot of 2-0 counts, 2-1 counts. When we gave up some hits, we were behind when we were out on the mound. But for the most part, I'll tell you this, for the most part, I thought Kate Smith was good yesterday. It was good to see Kate. That was one of the better outings that he has had. And he gave us a really good outing on a Sunday and gave us a chance. And then all of a sudden you're tied going to the ninth inning. You give up a one-out walk 
to Chris Armstrong. Did an infield single, man. That was just you know, you couldn't have just rolled it out there any better. And then uh, Jackson Fristo just had a tough time kind of riding the ship right there. I thought he got – it was a tight pitch on that 3-2 pitch that, that uh, Armstrong ended up walking on. I didn't think it was as tight as some of the other pitches that we saw on the weekend that were that were called balls. But uh, just kind of let it slip away from us right there in the ninth inning. But let's be honest, Charlie. I mean, yesterday salvaging, salvaging a game of that three-game series, when you look at it as a whole um, – even if you'd have lost two out of three this weekend against Florida, it's uh, I, I hate to say it, it's it's over because hey, you could come out and and win six in a row. Because Coach Polk heard me uh, kind of you know moaning a little bit this morning. He said, "Hey man, we could win six in a row. We could beat Texas A and M three in a row. We could beat Flo- uh, Tennessee three in a row." And I just stared at him. I mean, I just 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 stared at him. And. Uh, even if you lose two out of three this weekend, it was not going to be a good weekend. And so yesterday, not, yesterday, not saying it didn't matter, but, uh, hey, it wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. No, it wasn't. But uh, the camel's back is broken at this point. Um, and I was playing with the numbers today, and you go back and you look and look at games within this league, and I swear – at one level, it all comes down to pitching. There's a hitting angle to it as well. The hitting, you know, in the league, your hitting has actually been pretty good. The thing that we just haven't done, last year's team did such a good job with the little things. Such a good job getting guys home from third base with less than two outs, advancing runners. We're not as good there. Man, it's just amazing how in a game, where we can send like eight straight guys to the plate and they all pop up. Or in other games, we'll send eight straight guys up there to all ground out. But there's obviously a pitching angle to it. Um, Excuse me, there's obviously some hitting angle to it. But I really think, and I I hate to, to be this way, I really think it all comes down to pitching. And I think the thing you have to do at some point now is say, all right, look, we may make our way into Hoover. This is not going to be an NCAA tournament team. It just isn't. And so then the question is, how do you fix this next year? Next year was the year that I actually thought we would kind of take a step back because I thought a lot of these guys would be gone. I think now you go back and you look and you start to say, how many of these guys might actually be back next year? And then I think it's going to be one of those years. We didn't really embrace it this year. I think this is going to be one of those years, particularly on the mound, and particularly when you consider a lot of the guys who are hurt now aren't coming back. You know, Tommy John surgery is not a six-month deal. And a lot of people get fooled because they see Landon Sims down there without a brace on his arm and think, oh, man, these guys will get healthy in a hurry. It's 14 months. And even then, you're not as great. It's that second year back. So I don't know any other way to do it than to go find grown-up pitching and go look in the junior college ranks but I think even more importantly in the transfer market. Yeah, and we've kind of talked about using the transfer portal with building your pitching staff. And, and I don't know that, that you know, the pitching has been and taken a step back. And it, there's just some games, though, Charlie, some games offensively. I mean, yesterday against Florida, you have two runs on six hits. You look at game three against Missouri, you had six runs. You had 14 hits in that game, but you only scored six runs. 
against Ole Miss, you had seven seven runs, eleven hits. Auburn this Sunday game. I'm looking at Sunday games only. Two runs on eight hits against Auburn. You look back against Alabama, we had two runs on seven hits. LSU, we had three runs on ten hits. Swept at home against LSU and then against Florida. And so it just seems like, man, on Sundays, we're seeing a lot less offense than we've seen in years past. Now, we had the big day, which kind of skews the stats a little bit. We had 20 runs on 18 hits against Georgia in the Sunday game. But even the two-lane game, we had four runs on four hits in the Sunday game. And so it just it seems like when we have our bad performances, it's been on Sunday. Now, we haven't hit it that great on Fridays either, but uh, but Sundays have been that day. But, yeah, going back and, and looking at it pitching-wise, that's kind of been the big key. I guess the whole myth of the Sunday softball score, the old thing we used to just take for granted that you better score 10 runs on Sunday, that's kind of gone out the window by now. You know, we're – pitching it pretty well on Sunday. Arguably your best guy in Cade Smith going on Sunday. And, yeah, you're right. We don't seem to be scoring. But when you add it all up, how about what if I told you in league games only we're third in batting average, third in slugging percentage, second in total hits, third in home runs among SEC teams in league games. That's um, reasonably impressive. And here's what's crazy, though. How about this? Look at our pitching numbers. Within our league right now, we're first in strikeouts. We're fourth in fielding percentage. In terms of hits allowed, we're sixth. So not terrible, but it's that walk column, 14th. 14th in the league in walks allowed, and that's just tough, tough, tough to overcome. And right now in league games, and always I think back to the phrase we used all the time with the Arkansas game last year in that series, well, you see what you wanted to be. Right now, Tennessee has allowed 52 walks. We've allowed 138. 138 walks in SEC play. Hey, I look back at the game on Friday along those lines, and I thought the Brayer behind the plate was very tight but I thought he was consistent, unlike what we saw in the Saturday game with Mark Winters. But you look back at Friday night, Brandon Smith fell behind, walked some guys, and then the hits that he gave up. And I heard Chris Lamonis talk about this earlier tonight on Dog Talk, just talking about that that center quadrant. Every time you you look at home plate, and they used to put this up there when they put the uh, put the box, you know, they they split it into nine different quadrants. And he was talking about Brandon Smith, the hits that he gave up all came in that middle area. I don't guess it's a quadrant if it's nine of them, but it's, you know what I'm saying. Just go with me here. But Brandon Smith, all the hits that he gave up were essentially right down the middle. And I think we've talked about that. When Brandon Smith is going to be effective, he's got to have sync. He's got to have some arm side action. And candidly, he needs a ball or two off the plate. I think tight zones have historically hurt him. But anytime he gets in a situation of having to go over the middle, that's just not his game. He just doesn't have the life and the ride on the fastball to be able to do that. But I think the thing that you have to avoid here, and I think the challenge for this team right now, and they could have a lot of debates on how do you play it, this team's got to have a little bit of fight in it. It's got to have a little pride in it. And I think if we can't do that, then um, 
then we ought to be pretty disappointed in ourselves. I, I think it would be very, very sad for this team to lay down, go on the way in. All right, Charlie, let's look back real quick and have our take a look back at our two guys that we thought were going to kill us, brought to you by two brothers and our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. And, Charlie, I'll tell you what, I'm, uh, I'm pretty bad at this, to be honest with you. I said Judd Fabian, and he was one for 12 on the weekend, and he had five strikeouts in the game yesterday. He was 0 for 5, and this was so funny. Coach Polk also came in my office this morning and was giving me a hard time because in the ninth inning when he struck out for the fifth time, I'm trying to Google what does five strikeouts in a game mean. It's a platinum sombrero or the Olympic rings is what you call five strikeouts. And you look at me just as just calmly and said, don't do it. Do not say that. You're getting beat. Don't say that. And so he was laughing about that. And I was absolutely convinced that it was going to come out of your mouth because you had a little Kevin O'Sullivan fire in you when we got together yesterday morning. And you had joked about me hitting that cough button. I was kind of, you, to be honest, I was on edge all that ninth inning, just waiting on you to have a little bit of a meltdown. And when I heard that, and another base hit to right, I thought my life was about to go south in a hurry. You thought the tweets were about to come from the Florida fans. Oh, man, absolutely. But, hey, my guy, you know, Ryapel, by the way, was the SEC, what, player of the week or co-player of the week, something for the job he did at catcher. Neither of us picked him up. But, you know, in the ballgame on Friday, he goes four for four with six RBIs. But the guy I picked was the left fielder, Langford. He goes three for four on Friday. On the Saturday game, he goes two for five. And then yesterday goes two for five again. So pretty good weekend for him as well. And that's the thing, though. You know, he and Ryapel, you know, Fabian Fabian is kind of the Texas of SEC baseball players. I mean, he hits home runs. He's got a little like Joey Gallo in him or something. But 0 for 5, five strikeouts for a guy that, you know, is right there in the conversation coming into the year as player of the year, that's pretty tough. He's a guy like Ivan Melendez that everybody tweets about every time he hits a home run. But anyway, that was our two brothers, two players to watch on the weekend. And so, Charlie, time now for our player of the weekend, if we can choose a player of the weekend that we had. And this player of the weekend is brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly find. And it's produced right here in the Mississippi Delta, right here in the state of Mississippi, over in the Mississippi Delta in Itabina, from the ponds to the processing. And then they send it out to the grocery stores or great restaurants. Dondi's on the White River in Desark, Arkansas, one of those great restaurants where they it's like an old boat. It's kind of like you see in Ozark. But anyway, they right there at Dondi's in Desark, you go – just past Brinkley, take a right, go north. It's uh, right there on the White River. And so a lot of folks go up there and fish on the White River during the summer. And so make Dondi's on the White River a part of your plan. And this brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. All right, Charlie, who you got? Who's your player of the weekend? Kate Smith. Um, Kate Smith had a couple of rough outings coming in. And then yesterday he goes seven innings, longest outing of the year. Only allows five hits, one earned run, strikes out seven. Um, 
threw a lot of strikes. Cade Smith's my guy. I'm fine with that. And that's who I would pick, too. If you're thinking about the plate, I'd probably go Logan Tanner. He was four for ten in the first two games, and then Logan yesterday goes one for three, has a home run, hits his first home run in a while, his seventh home run, the first home run in about a month. And so we need to get Logan Tanner going. You'd like to see him kind of catch fire here at the end of the year. Of course, State playing tomorrow night over in Hoover. We'll play Sanford tomorrow night. And then you've got a three-game series against Texas A&M, a Tuesday night game at home, the last non-conference home game against North Alabama next Tuesday night in eight days from right now, and then round out the season Thursday, Friday, Saturday at home against Tennessee. Hey, we're still talking about that yesterday. So you're still working to get that game on next Tuesday night against North Alabama where we can call it from the outfield, right? Yeah, so I have made the play in trying to get us to be able to broadcast from my spot in right center field. It's right about three spots off the outfield wall. We'll have a good angle. I've been calling balls and strikes out there for 20, 30 years. See no reason that I can't continue to do that. And so I think I think it's going to come down. I think it's going to happen. You know, the key, Bart, to things like this, you got to make them think it was their idea. And I think I've convinced them that it's their idea to do this. Yeah, there are certain people that are like that. I'm not one of those type people. I'm, I'm kind of comfortable enough in my own skin, Charlie, that I don't feel like I have to come up with things. Hey, okay, so uh, now our pitcher of the weekend, you just gave your player of the weekend to a pitcher. But our player, our pitcher of the weekend, I'm going to go Pico Khan. I thought Pico was good this weekend. He gave up the home run in the game yesterday. And our pitcher of the weekend brought to you by our friends at Heartland. No, not Heartland. Country Pleasing Sausage. We just talked about Heartland a minute ago. But Country Pleasing, it's also produced right here in the state of Mississippi. Can't go wrong with that jalapeno cheddar. Can't go wrong with anything they put on your plate at the ballpark either. They, Man, those smoked sausages they have at the ballpark. Wyatt ate like three of them a couple weeks ago when he was there. And so, man, Country Pleasing down on Highway 49 in Florence at Country Meat Packers. They got the butcher shop that they're expanding down there. And once again, just the best sausage in the South, without doubt, at Country Pleasing. Pitch of the weekend, I'm going, like I said, I'm going Pico Con. Um, I know Cade Smith is the obvious choice there. But I thought Pico it would really, really pitch well this weekend. He gave up the one run, the one hit in the game yesterday. He pitched on Saturday and went two innings. He was good in that Saturday game. All right, I mean, I'll play along at all, but I'm going with Cade Smith again. But I guess – you know, hey, you've already announced it, so I'll have to play along. I don't see why, you know, a guy can play – can be a dual position player. I think we should be able to have dual player of the week kind of guys. But in any event, that's – you know, look, it had the mistake pitch. It just happened to be at a really important time in the ball game. But it's a fair choice. If you look at it overall, Pico pitched well. He did. Kate Smith, though, their player of the weekend. He's no doubt the player of the weekend. Let's start him out in center field. Let's see what he can do out there. Well, everybody else has. All right, Charlie, looking at the SEC and how to get to Hoover, all right? I know we've got two weekends left, but everybody's trying to size up the road to Hoover right now. Tennessee right now is the one seed. Arkansas is the two. And so just I'm not going to go through everything right now, but here we are. We're tied with Kentucky 12th, 13th. All right, 
And so I know a lot of people say, well, how do you determine the tiebreaker? If you're not in the same division and you don't play head-to-head, which would be the case if we tied with Kentucky, you go with the overall number one seed and how you did against the overall number one seed. And so if we end up tying with Kentucky, we would have to win. If you win one game against Tennessee because they were, no, they just won two out of three. So you would have to sweep Tennessee. But if you won two, you would go to the second-place team. We would have beaten Arkansas once. They would have been swept by Arkansas. So we would have to do extremely well against Tennessee that last weekend if we end up in a tie with the Kentucky Wildcats. Missouri is 7-17. and I mean, they're, for all intents and purposes, they got swept this past weekend in Oxford. That's what you're supposed to do with Missouri. And Ole Miss swept Missouri. Now all of a sudden, Ole Miss is the 11 seed. So that's kind of where we see ourselves right now. We're uh, we're all right there on the cusp of not making Hoover. And tomorrow night would be our only game played at the Hoover Met this year when we play Sanford. Yeah, I had to resist the urge in the broadcast on Sunday to see say something like, "See, I told you we'd make it to Hoover," or something along those lines. But I'll let it go. Uh, probably for the better. But, uh, yeah. Look, man, I think um, I think the thing for me is that we've got a chance to kind of show our true colors here. And I don't really believe in being a front runner. I don't believe in buying the T-shirts and jumping out in front. And then when things go bad, you know, let's just lay down and quit and get to the off season. I hope what we're going to see is a team that just fights all the way through to the end. May we get hot. May we win a couple. Is that likely? No, not terribly. Uh, but what the heck, we're going to play them anyway, so let's go give it a shot. Yep. Elsewhere around the league this weekend, you've got Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama's at Auburn, Vandy at Arkansas, Florida's at Missouri. Hey, you talk about craziness. Florida comes to our ballpark. Their radio guys are in our radio booths, and now they get to go to Missouri next weekend you talk about the haves and the have-nots when it comes to facilities there it's hard to explain you know I, when i think of a decent high school football stadium in the state of mississippi that's what i think of when i see missouri's baseball field and i hate to be harsh but i think that's true i think missouri is the one team that just still doesn't fit in the expansion model A&M fit. You know, they fit within the SEC. They embraced it. Missouri's just kind of got like a we're stuck here attitude. But all of a sudden, you know, if you look at the RPI predictors, Missouri is actually predicted to make a little run here and make the tournament. Yep. Hey, we can't talk trash about Missouri. We lost two out of three. Kentucky's at South Carolina, Ole Miss at LSU, and, of course, we're at Texas A&M. And that's a look around the SEC this upcoming weekend. Uh, once again, thanks to our great uh, fine sponsors. Charlie, you got anything else to add on this Monday night? I didn't even do the on this day or anything like that. That's just kind of where we are right now. Yeah, at this point. Hey, we just said we don't want these guys mailing it in, and now all of a sudden you're mailing it in. Is that what you're telling us? I'm, I'm getting close. I'm. Uh, hey, I watched, uh, I watched Woody earlier tonight. He got roughed up a little bit in the fifth inning. They're playing at Cincinnati. And so, yeah, it's just, man, after after this past weekend, after the last two weekends, it's almost like it kind of pops a balloon a little bit. So, but, hey, we get to, get to go out to Aggieland where they hug each other a good bit. They'll, how they'll sway the stadium and 
saw the horns off of Bevo, even though they, they haven't played at Bevo in a while. But uh, that's a pretty cool place to go. I think it's graduation weekend this weekend out of Texas A&M. Yeah, it's a strange bunch, man. And I don't dislike them. It's just a strange bunch. Yeah, he's the guy. A&M's the guy in the in the corner at the family reunion that you all just kind of like, but you kind of look at each other and you know he's just a little different. You must have some interesting family reunions. If you don't have weird family members, then you are the weird family member. No, there's a reason I don't visit with family. So there you go. All right. I think we visited enough tonight. We're close to family. All right. Thanks to our great sponsors. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Our good friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish in the country. And once again, at Dondi's on the White River in Des Arc, Arkansas. Get that great catfish if you go up to Arkansas fishing this summer. And then Country Pleasing Sauces, Country Meat Packers, Country Pleasing Sauces down in Florence. And then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. And so for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the Monday show.